Thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. On today's show, it's Aaron Judge's 30th birthday. So we're going to talk about Aaron Judge, because why not? We're also going to look back at how the Yankees did on that day 30 years ago, because that's always a fun thing to do. And we will preview the series that begins tonight against the Baltimore Orioles. All next on Locked On Yankees. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Yankee fans. Welcome to Locked On Yankees. It's Tuesday, April 26th. It's Aaron Judge's 30th birthday, and we will be celebrating because why not? Welcome to the show. Um, if you're a first time listener, welcome. If you're a returning listener slash viewer, welcome back. You can find us on Twitter at Locked On Yankees, all one word, on Instagram at Locked On Yankees, all one word. You can watch us on YouTube. And you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Yankees. Okay, Aaron Judge, 30, born April 26th, 1992. It was a Sunday, and I know that from memory. Why? Because my brain is weird. I can walk into a room and have no idea why I did that, but I can remember 30 years ago because that's how my brain works. I can actually tell you that I remember 30 years ago last night. It was a Saturday night. We were in the basement of a strange guy that I didn't know, but my friend had met. And we were hanging out with him and his friends. And it was kind of uncomfortable, but kind of not. And I recall clearly that we had MTV on in the background. And Under the Bridge by the Red Hot Chili Peppers played at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was just released, I think, around then. So... Oh my goodness, 30 years ago, that's crazy. And the funny thing about Aaron Judge turning 30 today of all days is last night, my friend from high school uploaded our senior yearbook, our video yearbook from 1992. And I spent a half hour watching that thing and just laughing at how funny we all looked and the fact that because it was made in 1992... We didn't have to worry about copyright issues, but because she posted it on Facebook, some of the music was cut out. So there's a whole five minute section of our yearbook where we're dancing at our senior luncheon and we're dancing to all different songs. But the song that they put over during that section of the video was Good Vibrations by Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. But because of the restrictions, nothing was playing last night. So... I sat there watching myself, because I saw myself a few times in that video, watch, uh, dancing like a moron. Um, yeah, it was really embarrassing. But I sat through the whole thing, and it was fun. And it was just the timing of it was so odd, because I had it in my head that we were going to do an Aaron Judge happy birthday, happy 30th birthday episode, because 30 is a big milestone. It really is. 30 is when... Your hangovers get longer, you feel aches and pains that you didn't feel before, and you have no idea where they came from, and you usually feel them after the most mundane tasks like uh, sleeping. Yeah, yeah, getting old is really great. So congrats to Aaron Judge for making it to 30, and uh, have fun. Have fun, Aaron. He had his birthday party last night. There were videos and uh, well, clips and videos on the internet, uh, TikTok, 
Instagram, Twitter. I will say when I was opening up different tabs to have things open for my Aaron Judge info, (laughs) the first headline that I saw was from the New York Post saying Aaron Judge gets handsy with wife Samantha at his 30th birthday bash. It's his wife. He's supposed to get handsy with his wife. You don't want him getting handsy with Josh Donaldson, do you? Like, I don't understand what that headline meant. I didn't even click on the article because it just seems silly to me. And yes, Josh Donaldson was at Aaron Judge's birthday party. There were a bunch of guys there. And it looked like fun. He had one of those big cakes with the, um... They're not sparklers. Are they sparklers? Like the, uh... You know, they're not candles. They're kind of like sparkler things or, um... Like pyrotechnic candles? How do I describe them? I don't even know. But it looks like something that should be on a stage and something that I would not want near my hair. So, yeah, um, especially not in 1992. We were still using hairspray back in 1992. (laughs) So, yeah, happy birthday to Aaron Judge. But we'll talk about everything having to do with Aaron Judge today. Like, born in Linden, California, named Aaron James Judge. He was adopted the day after he was born. He also has an older brother, John, who was adopted. Aaron found out he was adopted. He said around 10 or 11, and he knew he was different from his parents. And he is biracial. His parents are not. And, you know, 10 is a good enough age to let someone know that they're adopted. You know, you don't want to do it too late, and you don't want to do it too soon where the kid doesn't understand so good on Aaron Judge's parents. But, you know, I mean, I looked just like my mother when I was a kid. There was no denying whose child I was. Um, So... You know, and I have friends who were adopted and my one friend, Josephine, knew she was adopted from the jump because she is as pale and as white as I am. And her adoptive family is Puerto Rican and not pale at all. So, um, yeah, she knew right away and she was the first adopted person that I knew. And uh, I always thought that was interesting. And, you know, even from a young age, I realized that you have to have a lot of love in your heart to adopt a child and want to raise a child as your own and help a kid out. And that's that's a really big responsibility and good on Judge's parents for doing it for two children. So that's really cool. So Judge played basketball, football, and baseball in hockey, in, in hockey, in school. No, not hockey. He was in California, not in Canada. Could you imagine if he was Canadian, he probably would have played hockey at that giant size. And schools were after him for football, Notre Dame, UCLA, Stanford, but he wanted to play baseball and ended up going to Fresno State. And he was drafted by the A's first, ended up going to Fresno State, and then he was drafted by the Yankees. And I always talk about Aaron Judge in a way where I'm I'm still shocked every day when I watch him. I'm not shocked when I see him hit, because you're not surprised about a guy that big hitting the ball hard. But just to see how he plays the outfield, because normally, you know, seeing a guy that big trying to play the outfield, he would look kind of goofy. He'd be like lumbering along. But he's such a good athlete, and he makes it look so easy. And it's just a joy to watch him, really, when he's on. Um, You know, it's been fun these last six seasons. We up to six already? Good Lord. And, you know, his debut with the Yankees was amazing. He hits a home run in his first at bat. Followed That followed a home run by Tyler Austin. It was the day after A-Rod had his last game. It was like a whole big thing. You knew Teixeira was going to be retiring and the Yankees were going to be changing. And 2016 was kind of, you know, a transition year sort of there. And 
you know, Tyler Austin comes out, hits that oppo home run to right field. Just skimmed the wall, but it was a home run, and it was his first, and, you know, his first at bat in the majors. Pretty cool. And you're thinking, wow, we're seeing some cool stuff. Then Aaron Judge comes up and hits the restaurant for his first home run. And I have to say, it is funny watching those highlights because Judge was wearing long pants then. He didn't get to the high socks yet. And it's kind of like watching A-Rod from 04, 05, and 06 because he was still wearing long pants. He didn't switch to the high, to the high socks until uh, 2007 when he hit the crap out of the ball. So yeah, I always enjoy watching the early Judge highlights because he almost looks like a different player just because of the pants. It's so strange how that works, but it it is. It's it's just, it's it's funny. So in a moment, we will go more about Aaron Judge and talk about how he did in his first and second season. His Well, his first full season. Let's say that because 2017 was a big year for Aaron Judge. But first, Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Let's briefly talk about the basketball playoffs and talk about how the Celtics swept the Nets right out of the playoffs. <sighs> Did people think that was going to happen? I know people were probably thinking Boston would win, but I don't think they believed that they would sweep the Nets out. Too bad. So sad. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports waging, wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Yankees your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, where you get recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts who are taking fans through the season like no other network. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So Aaron Judge's 2017 was amazing. And, um... Not that you asked me, but he should have won MVP over Jose Altuve. He should have. I mean, it's good that he won Rookie of the Year. He had an amazing year. Oh, he also hit 53 home runs. It wasn't 52. He hit a home run that was called back for some unknown reason. And even with video evidence of that ball hitting someone in the stands... They still ruled it not a home run. So in my mind, Aaron Judge was the MVP of 2017, and he hit 53 home runs, not 52. Anyway, let's go through all of his numbers for 2017 because he was amazing. So 284 batting average, 53 home runs. Now, I can't remember who was on base for that, but... His final tally was 114 runs batted in. He led the American League in home runs, runs scored. He scored 128 times. He led the league in walks with 127, but he also led the league, the entire league, major league, with 208 strikeouts. <laughs> that's amazing. Like, really, that's amazing that he, uh, maybe that's why he didn't win MVP, because Altuve didn't strike out as much as he did, but that's an amazing stat to have that you can lead in all of those uh, stats and then 
lead in strikeouts. He broke the Yankees' record for strikeouts that was previously set by Curtis Granderson in 2012 and a rookie record that was previously set by Chris Bryant in 2015. So, yeah, he made Baseball America's all MLB team as an outfielder. He was the Players' Choice Award for Outstanding AL Rookie. He won a Silver Slugger. He was unanimously voted Rookie of the Year. And again, he finished second to Altuve. So he replaced, he replaced, he received two first place votes, 27 second place votes, and one third place vote. Who voted him third place? Now I gotta find that out. I'm still mad at Joe Cowley and his BS sixth vote, sixth place vote for Derek Jeter for MVP in 2006. Justin Morneau wasn't even the MVP of his own team. Give me a break. I'm still angry. It's 16 years later, I'm still angry. Hell, I'm still angry that Rafael Palmero won the Gold Glove Award for first base in 1999 when he only played 28 games at first base. Look it up. It's still annoying all these years later. <laughs> so, Judge... Um, he's 6'7", 282. That's a big dude. And on March 31st, 2008, in the Yankees um, opener against Toronto, he started in center field. It was his first career start in center field, and he became the tallest and heaviest player in baseball history to play that position. Like I said, it is something watching him play center field right field, just watching him play the field at that size and not look awkward doing it just shows you how good an athlete Aaron judges. And, you know, I feel like I know he wants to explore free agency and see what he can get. And I said it, I think last week or maybe the week before he's 30 now. Then he was turning 30. Now he's actually 30. I don't see him getting more than seven or eight years. And he would be silly to ask for it. And a team would be silly to give it to him because as Abby and I have discussed on this show, things are changing around baseball and they're not giving away those huge contracts to older dudes. They would do it for younger dudes, but not for someone who's on the, he's now on the wrong side of 30. He's literally just 30, but he is now technically on the wrong side of 30. So he's not going to get a huge deal. I think he might explore, but I, th I think the Yankees are going to sign him. I don't see him going somewhere else. He's the face of the Yankees. He has the best-selling jersey. He's all over the place. People think of the Yankees. They think of Aaron Judge. It would be silly for him to go somewhere else. And it would be silly for the Yankees to let him go. That's what I think. So let's look back at 1992, this week in 1992, because we're going to see what songs were in the top five. So it's the week ending May 2nd, 1992, because the Billboard charts go from the Sunday to the previous Sunday. So he falls in that week. So number five was My Lovin', You're Never Gonna Get It by En Vogue. <laughs> number four, Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. And I know you're thinking, um, that song was out in 1975. Well, yes, it was. But then it was resurrected after Wayne's World came out. And yeah, it did really well on the Billboard chart again. Number three, Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton. Number two, Save the Best for Last by Vanessa Williams. That was a song you couldn't escape that spring. And the number one song, The Day Aaron Judge Was Born. Crisscross will make you jump, jump. The Mac Dad will make you 
Jump, Jump. Yes, Jump by Criss Cross. They played that at my prom. Remember it well. Guys were jumping up and down like total dorks. So, yeah. So, let's look. Let's, let's, let's look. The Yankees played on April 26th, 1992, because it was a Sunday, and they played the Baltimore Orioles, which is, you know, hey, that's fitting because they're playing them right now, or they should be playing them right now. On this day in 1992, the Yankees were 12 and 6. The Orioles were 11 and 7, and the Yankees were on that upswing. They had the really bad 1990 and the not as bad 1991, but still not great. And 1992, they improved. 93, they improved. Even more, 94, they would have made the playoffs if not for the strike. We know how the rest of the time goes. So let's look at the Orioles lineup, because you know I love doing this. It's so much fun looking at these names, and I'm already like... Brady Anderson, left field. Mike Devereaux, center field. Cal Ripken, Jr., shortstop. Sam Horn, DH. Chris Hoyles, catcher. Uh, Joe Orsulak, Orsulak, why don't I remember him? Right field, Tim Hewlett, third base, David Segui, first base, Billy Ripken, second base, and your starting pitcher, Jose Mesa, Joe Table. For the Yankees, Andy Stankowitz at second base, Don Mattingly, designated hitter, Roberto Kelly, center field, Mel Hall. Left field, Kevin Moss, first base, Deion James, right field, Matt Noakes, catcher, Charlie Hayes, third base, Randy Velarde, shortstop, and your starter, Melito Perez. Oh my goodness, 1992, what a time for the Yankees and everyone around in 1992. We'll get to the rest of the game in the moment, in a moment, that's how the word goes. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, and then wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need, from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Okay, so we just did the lineups for this game, April 26th, 1992. It was a Sunday afternoon at Yankee Stadium, 62, no, 60 degrees. And the attendance was only 19,403. Your umpires, home plate, Ken Kaiser. First base, Vic Voltaggio. I remember him. Second base, Mark Johnson. Third base, Ed Hickox. I'm familiar with all those names because I'm old, but Ed Hickox umpired for a while. So this game was quiet, actually, until the top of the fourth when Chris Hoyles hit a home run off Perez. It was a solo shot, so it was only one nothing. Bottom of the fourth, the Yankees struck back. Roberto Kelly grounded out. Mel Hall flied out. And then Kevin Moss hit a home run. So it was 1-1. Then it was quiet again. For both teams until the bottom of the eighth. 
So Jose Mesa is still in the game. Andy Stankiewicz hits a single. Don Mattingly hits a fly ball to right. Then Roberto Kelly hits a double that scores Stankiewicz. And Roberto Kelly makes it to third because he advanced on an E3. or no, E4 throw. Mike Flanagan comes in to replace Jose Mesa. And then Mel Hall hits a sack fly that scores Roberto Kelly. And that's how it would end. Steve Howe came in in the top of the eighth. And he was the pitcher of record when the Yankees went ahead and he closed out the game and won. And the Yankees won 3-1 against the Orioles. Now, tonight's game looks questionable. And I'm going to check my phone right now just to make sure that it hasn't been canceled. But I looked at my weather app and the birds outside are very loud. Um... It looks like it's supposed to rain from 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. That's that's a lot. So there was a move made. They recalled Miguel Andujar from Scranton because Aaron Hicks is going on the paternity list. So if you were wondering why Miguel Andujar was recalled yesterday, they made it official about two hours ago that Aaron Hicks was going on the paternity list. And that makes sense. So that's why Andujar is there. And yeah, good luck to Hicks and his, uh, I guess, wife. I, I'm not sure if she's a wife or a girlfriend, but good luck to them. I believe it's their second child. And uh, yeah, and good luck to Andahar. He was having a very strong season at Scranton, which is why they recalled him. So good for him. Hopefully he'll get a chance to play. So let's look at the pitching matchups quickly. Um, as I said, tonight looks questionable. They haven't canceled anything yet, but it's still early. Jordan Lyles against Luis Severino. Jordan Lyles is 1-1 one one with a 3.52 ERA with 12 strikeouts on the year. Severino is 1-0 with a 2.08 ERA with 14 strikeouts. The only person who has faced Severino a lot in this Orioles lineup is Trey Mancini. In 12 at-bats, he's batting 500 with a home run and two runs batted in. DJ LeMahieu... Anthony Rizzo and Stanton have faced Lyles the most, and Stanton has the most success against him. He's batting 500 in 12 at-bats with a home run and five runs batted in. Now, Anthony Rizzo has 19 at-bats against Jordan Lyles, is only batting 211, but he has six runs batted in against Jordan Lyles, which seems kind of strange, but... It's baseball. Baseball strange. Now, on Wednesday, which is also a 7.05 start. Did I mention tonight's 7.05? Tyler Wells against Jordan Montgomery. Tyler Wells is 0-2 with a 6.75 ERA. Jordan Montgomery is 0-1 with a 2.51 ERA. Now, what's going to happen here? The Yankees don't score for Jordan Montgomery. But Tyler Wells has problems not allowing the other team to score. <laughs> or he has a problem allowing them to score too much. So what gives? What's going to give? Are the Yankees actually going to score for Jordan Montgomery tomorrow? We'll find out. Now, let's see. Out of all the players on the Orioles, Trey Mancini has the most at-bats against Jordan Montgomery, 23 of them. He hits 435 against him with one home run and two runs batted in. Ryan Mountcastle also has a home run against Jordan Montgomery in 16 at bats. And Robinson Chirinos? I don't think he's with them anymore, right? No. Um, 
Now, Cedric Mullins doesn't have a home run, but he is batting 278 and 18 at-bats against Jordan Montgomery. And the Yankees don't really have a lot of at-bats against Wells. Judge has six. Glaber has six. They're both only batting 167, which is kind of funny given the history of both of those players and how they usually do against the Orioles or how they used to do against the Orioles. We'll see what happens in that game. And then Thursday is a 105 start. And where did the stats go? They just disappeared on me. Hold on. What is happening? Yankees.com. There we go. Bruce Zimmerman has been incredible. He's 1-0 with a 1.20 ERA with 16 strikeouts on the year. Jamison Tyone, 1-1 with a 3.07 ERA and 13 strikeouts. He's looking pretty good so far this year. And he's lasting a while and, you know, building up to, you know, maybe Cole will set them on their way where most of these guys will hit sixes in their innings and maybe even make it into the seventh and beyond at some point. Again, with the shortened spring training, you expect this from these guys. As for the batters against, oof, Cedric Mullins against Tyone, in only seven at-bats, he has two home runs and three runs batted in, and he is batting 429. When I talk about the Orioles having good players but not having it all together, Cedric Mullins is the guy that I'm thinking of who's annoying and hits against the Yankees. And as for the Yankees against Zimmerman, DJ LeMayhew in six at-bats against Zimmerman is batting 667. No runs, no home runs, no runs batted in. Aaron Judge in six at-bats is batting 500 against Zimmerman with two home runs, two runs batted in. And Kyle Higashioka has seen Zimmerman four times and has a home run and an RBI against him. So we'll see if the Yankees continue their winning ways if it carries over from the Guardian series to the Orioles season, season, no, series, we'll see. Um, you know, as we know, they lost two out of three in Baltimore to the Orioles, and hopefully that won't happen again. Or else you guys will get another rant from me, which I don't know, maybe you want that to happen. So I do have a rant. I don't want to. I don't want to have to rant about the Yankees not being able to beat Baltimore. So they need to beat them. And after the Orioles, they go out to Kansas City to play the Royals for three. And then they go to Canada to play the Blue Jays for three. And we will find out if everyone is vaccinated. That should be a fun time. (gasps) Maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's not going to be a fun time for us, but we'll see. Aaron Boone said that he doesn't expect there to be any problems, so we'll see. The Red Sox were short some players, and um, they lost in an interesting way last night to the Blue Jays. Bo Bichette hit a grand slam, and who was Someone made a diving catch that was really incredible, and... uh, Yeah, the Blue Jays are scary, so it's going to be interesting to see the Yankees go up there a week from now and see how they do up in Canada. Um, You know, on paper, the Yankees should do okay in these next six games against the Orioles and Royals, but you never know. You never know. I feel like yesterday's off day was in the most inopportune time because they were kind of on a roll there and you want them to continue that roll. And with Aaron Judge's birthday falling in the middle of it and him having a party last night, I'm kind of hoping that today's game is rained out because I feel like some of those guys won't be prepared to play today. They might be feeling a little rough. 
because if I recall from 30th birthday parties that I attended, you know, you tend to go a little hard, even though, even if you know you have something to do the next day, you can't help it. You're out at a place, there's drinks. I totally get it, guys. I really understand. So yeah, happy birthday to Aaron Judge. Happy he's a Yankee. Very happy he's a Yankee. And he's a good Yankee. And he's a good representative for the Yankees. And, um, you know, you saw it on Saturday after that game and what was happening. Him and Stanton going out there and squashing that stuff. So, yeah. Happy birthday to him. And, yeah, that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you, you can listen to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB. Now make your second listen of the day Locked On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. One more thing. If you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We'd really appreciate it. So enjoy your Tuesday and I will talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.